It's one of the greatest tragedies that can happen in any of our lives. And that is to have someone that we know and care about take their own life. I mentioned suicide a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning and the, the feedback about that and the curiosity and the, the interaction about that has been a good bit more than I usually get on any Sunday morning. So I've chosen to, to come back and address the issue of uh, sort of a, a response to suicide and to suicidalism. So we're going to take a look at that a bit today on Beyond the Notes. Let me first uh, d- deal with perhaps a slight, a slight objection or suggestion uh, that I would somehow be defending suicide. Suicide doesn't need me to defend it. Uh, suicide is, an, is a horrible and sinful act. It's an act of murder. It's just murder directed at oneself. And there's no defense that can be made for it. But some of the mythology around suicide does need to be dealt with because it, it reflects a couple of deep misunderstandings. One misunderstanding that has to be dealt with right away is that suicide, if it's even possible for a Christian, which some say it isn't, and I think that's bogus, but if it is even possible, that it would certainly cost that Christian their salvation. Well, first, let me deal with the, the question of whether or not it's possible for a Christian to take their own life. There are myriad examples in Scripture of, of people who knew God who were driven to the point of, of suicidal thoughts. Um, let me just run down some of them for you, for you right quick. Um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon who was the wisest man that ever lived with wisdom given by God, makes this statement in Ecclesiastes 2, beginning in verse 17. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil, in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. So I hated life. Now, if that's not close to a definition of suicidal thoughts, I don't know what is. Elijah, in 1 Kings 19, verse 4, after his victory on Mount Carmel, one of the most dramatic victory moments in the entire Old Testament, Elijah is... is Tired, fatigued, and in the letdown after that victory, he's in fear for his life. And in 19.4 of 1 Kings, 1 Kings 19.4, Elijah, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. Sounds like suicidal thoughts to me. Job, in Job chapter 3, verse 11, asks, Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb, and expire? 
He's asking hard questions in Job chapter 3, and if you read the whole chapter, it's pretty clear he's thinking suicidally. Jonah, another prophet of God in the Old Testament. Jonah chapter 4, verse 9, when, uh, when he prophesies the ruin of Nineveh, but Nineveh repents and things don't go the way he wishes they had for Nineveh. He uh, prays and he, quote, asked that he might die. This is chapter 4, verse 8. It is better for me to die than to live. Now you say, yeah, they had suicidal thoughts, but they didn't up and commit suicide. It's a, it's a very, you're chopping a very, very fine cut with that. Paul, we looked at on the Lord's Day a couple of weeks back, despaired of life. The profundity of despair that can come. Uh, in addition to uh, literal disease of that organ in the human body that is called the brain makes all manner of mental illness up to and including suicidalism possible for the Christian. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And the second question then is if a Christian did commit suicide, would they lose their salvation? In short, the answer to that is a resounding no it is in the nature of our salvation that when we are born again, we are, we are made eternally secure in Christ. There are all kinds of scripture I could bring to this, but let me share just a couple of verses. First, I mean, pardon me, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him, meaning Christ Jesus, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. That is, when you came to faith in Christ, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Those who are born again are kept born again by the power and promise of God the Holy Spirit, not by their ongoing maintenance of good behavior. Uh, a person who believes that suicide would cost you your salvation because it's a sin you don't have time to ask forgiveness of misunderstands the level of forgiveness or the nature of the forgiveness that comes in salvation. When we repent of our sin and trust Jesus Christ by faith and are born again, if we are, God, the Holy Spirit, places his eternal seal and promise on our lives, and we are kept saved by the will and power of God all the way home to heaven. Well, then why do we repent in an ongoing way? And we do. It's so that our fellowship with God, so that our enjoyment of God's company will be kept clear and that we'll continue to grow. If we're born again, the desire of our life is to please him. Uh, and, and, and yet we will mess that up. If you think that we, we have to confess every single sin or we can sin in such a way that we lose our salvation, you better time your death right. The last thing you do better be a prayer for forgiveness, not a sin or that unaddressed sin, whatever it is, would cost you your salvation. Of course, that's not the way it works and that's not the way the Lord saves. It is a tragic thing. And to come into the presence of God in the immediate wake of such a failure as the despondency and despair that would cause you to take your own life is a sad thing. 
And the loss of stewardship opportunity is a grievous thing, but it's not going to override the grace of God. Now, let me talk to you about some practical suggestions. I've already said that there is real mental illness in play in some of these cases, and that's not to be dealt with flippantly. But there are also solutions. We've talked about them some in the message. Let me, let me reiterate with some of the examples that we've, we, we showed earlier. For example, Jonah. When Jonah became suicidal because God's plan was not his plan, what Jonah had forgotten to do is trust God. He needed, he needed to trust God for the larger picture. And that's an important thing. If you're feeling despair today or if you have a friend that is, then you need to, to trust God with the larger picture and with his plan. I know that's Christianity 101. We talk all the time about do not doubt in the dark what you've learned in the light. But that's an important principle, to trust God. Another important principle is tell others. You know, Ecclesiastes is a very, very dark book. And one author that I read in preparation for the Lord's Day message a couple weeks back, and even this podcast, said that you could describe Ecclesiastes as someone journaling out their depressed, despondent, even suicidal feelings. Until eventually, right at the end of the book, he comes to a, to a God-honoring conclusion and realizes that in a life spent outside of the love of God, nothing's going to matter much. So the thing that matters most is to love and serve God with everything you've got. That, that, that journaling process. Because not only do you trust God, but you tell others. Bring other people in to the circle of your pain. Paul made the statement not only that, that the, the people at Corinth would, would share in his suffering so they could share in his comfort, but he also said that praying, which is a, a third thing, rely on the prayers of those who love you when things are really, really dark. And then fourth and last, if there are practical steps available to you, take them. If you have uh, a, a, a diagnosis of some clinical illness going on that's affecting your brain, seek treatment for that illness. Now, someone will say, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about taking a, a, a medicine for a, for a mental issue. Yeah, the Bible doesn't say anything about wearing glasses if your eyes aren't working right either. The Bible doesn't say anything about getting a, a knee replacement if you've got an arthritic knee. It's hard to make an argument from biblical science that is an, ar I mean, an argument from biblical silence that is an argument against modern medical science. You wouldn't do that in other areas. Don't do it in the area of mental illness. So take practical steps. But sometimes those practical steps may be a lot, lot simpler <laughs> than just the, the, the complexity of medical treatment. For example, when Elijah was suicidal after the letdown of, of finding out that, that there were those looking for his life after the victory on Mount Carmel, God's advice to Elijah was get some sleep and get something to eat. That was God's first response for Elijah's despondency. So take those, those practical steps. Trust God. Tell other people. Rely on prayer, yours and that of others, and then take those practical steps so that you will hopefully emerge intact. And, of course, if you're not in a season of despair, be aware that the people around you at any time might be and be open. Seek 
candor and honesty in your relationships. Be available to pray for others and to authentically love. But do not fear that one who has loved Jesus whom you have known, whose testimony you're familiar with, has somehow gone to hell because of this life-ending sin. That's just not consistent with the doctrine of salvation by grace. I hope that's comforting to you. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. I hope by now that you're subscribing because you never know where we're going to go when we open our Bibles on Beyond the Notes.